Welcome to The Crunch with Crib Creative. I'm Jess, and each week we're going to be diving into the stories of some of Perth's best agents and business people, how they got where they are, and what they learned along the way. Mark Sinclair is the Managing Director of Real Estimations, a business brokerage specialising in valuations and consultancy services for the real estate industry. Mark founded Real Estimations in 2012 and since then has quickly expanded his service offering across Australia. We wanted to get Mark in to chat about the current real estate climate in Australia and his observations of the difference between the Perth market and the Sydney market. Welcome to The Crunch, Mark. Thanks, Jess. So to get things started, um, can you just give us a little bit more of an idea of, of Real Estimations? and what you do there? Yeah, we've got a business that specialises in brokerage, advisory and consultancy services to the real estate, strata and commercial industries. So we cover all of it. And it actually was spawned out of my days in franchising when we are out trying to sell franchise businesses. And it became very evident at that stage there was nobody inside the Perth market that understood the processes involved with valuing a real estate agency, selling it inside the industry. Mm-hmm. So it really spawned from the fact that there was nobody in the WA market and, and it springboarded from there. Yeah, right. So you mentioned it spawned from your days in franchising. Can yeah. you give me a little bit more of a background um, of where you were at before Real Estimations? What, sure, what Jess. I, my background is predominantly in the real estate space. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked in the world of real estate franchising. I've owned two offices. I was a state manager for LJ Hooker for five years and saw the group grow very rapidly in WA during those five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I then was the master franchisor for Ronan Horn. And in those days, Ronan Horn was quite a small group. We really, really spent a lot of time understanding the value proposition inside that franchise offering. Mm-hmm. And we grew it from three offices to 20 offices and sold the business back to the Ronan Horn family. Yeah, right. So what pushed you to move out of being within real estate to, to brokering? I saw real estate franchising at that stage as quite a challenged product Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not being detrimental to franchising but I didn't feel the value proposition um, was that as robust as it needed to be Mm -hmm. and I felt that that challenge was going to become greater and to my to my market observations it still has yeah. great franchises out there but the market's changed yeah. and I really felt the opportunity to get in and build this business was certainly there okay great what's so since you started what six years ago now how's the demand for your service been in Perth Jess we started the business really um, on a part-time basis yeah and the first two to three years was really a part-time business mm-hmm. um, about two to two and a half years ago it absolutely took off on mm-hmm. the demand for everything that we do whether it's evaluation consultancy mergers people wanting to transition out partnership disputes um, it's really taken off in its own it's got its own life now yeah and what's the split do you think between your services so people who are looking to buy and sell you know versus people who are looking for business advice or consulting it's it's fairly evenly spread Mm -hmm. um we we started out quite slowly on the consultorage side yeah but consulting the last year in particular has really taken off because there are some really great businesses out there that want to transition into bigger businesses and mm-hmm. they don't know quite know how to do it. Yeah. Typically, though, at the moment, we'd, you'd still be saying 60% of our time focuses very much on valuation and sales and transactions of real estate businesses. Mm-hmm. But we are finding that for good quality assets, wow, the demand is seriously robust. Okay, okay. So I really wanted to get down into the nitty-gritty. Obviously, we've, we have seen a lot of agencies consolidating yeah. or closing down, yes. um, especially in kind of the last year. Yep. And it is, um, it is a really tough market but other agencies are flourishing in that market so I guess I wanted to ask you what your opinion on on why that is who you know why the people who are doing well doing well and and those that aren't why is that I think a lot of it is the traditional real estate businesses 
dying or has completely is completely dead. It used to be two or three partners, husband and wife teams, small rent rolls, two or three salespeople. The industry has not kept up with what clients are expecting and what the market's expecting. And quite frankly, that model is flawed. And it's also flawed for simple reasons. The WA economy has been very, very under heavy duress. Loss of population, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. values coming down, high vacancy factors. So most small businesses aren't actually set up and robust enough to change with it, with these conditions. Um, and financially, they're very they're very under duress. But at the same time, we've got numerous substantial clients that are really working hard that want to become big agencies. Um, yeah. Up until probably two years ago, in WA, if you had a rent roll that was five hundred or six hundred, you were now you were deemed to be a big business. Nowadays, uh, our numbers and our analysis say that if you have less than 300 managements, your opportunity for scale is becoming harder and harder and harder. And we've got numerous clients now with big checkbooks, really well-structured businesses that are comfortable to buy 1,000 or 2,000 managements because the value proposition in most of these businesses is around the rent roll. Okay. So if you had a business come to you who was who was struggling, what what's the first area you would ask them to consider? Like what's the, what's the easiest way, or not easiest, but the most effective way for them to change their business or make it better? We find the biggest problem in the whole industry, to be honest with you, Jess, is that most real estate agencies don't have their business accounts set up like a business. They have yep. them set up as a real estate agency. Yeah. So we asked to look at their profit and loss accounts and their balance sheet to get an understanding of what's going inside their business financially. Mm-hmm. Typically, those accounts have been poorly structured and don't reflect what a modern business looks like. Mm-hmm. So we really need to know what's happening on that side in conjunction with their rent roll, in conjunction with their staffing structure. So we look at those three yeah. and we can see quite quickly whether the business has upscale, what are, are they wanting to do, how are they proposing to achieve it, do they have the resources, both financial and personnel, to be able to push through. And unfortunately, in lots of cases over the last two years, in the Perth market, that's been no, they haven't, mm-hmm. and we're starting to see the similar sort of challenges occurring in the Sydney market. Right, okay. What What is your um, opinion of the Perth market at the moment? How do you, what do you think it looks like? I think we're at the bottom of the... We've come through four very hard years here in this market and we're starting to bounce along the bottom. There are probably some green shoots, Mm -hmm. but that's more green shoots in relation to turnover of transactions. Mm -hmm. Um, Until the WA economy becomes much more robust with a lot more people in it, I think we're going to bounce along the way we are at the moment. Albeit, we're going to see volumes of transactions improve. Um, We're going to see greater buyer activity. But a lot of it's going to be dictated across the country, not just WA, but of what happens with the banks in regards to interest rate Mm -hmm. movement. That Mm -hmm. has the potential to kill the market. But conversely, those agents that have been active and survived quite well for the last two to five years, they will do really well. But the secret to their ongoing success is understanding, and this is our mantra, you're not, you are running a business that provides real estate services. You're not running a real estate agency. Mm-hmm. And to follow on from that, if a principal gets that philosophy, they're doing really well. Yeah. They're doing really well. We ran a, a seminar for a franchise group recently on exactly that. Mm-hmm. And it was extraordinary, the dialogue and the conversation that led from that presentation. Yeah, right. Um you are in a really unique position. You mentioned Sydney before, mm-hmm. where you, you kind of have an eye over both markets at the moment. Yes. How do you see them differing right now? Where do you see the Sydney market as opposed to the Perth? 
The Sydney, the Perth market, we've survived. Yeah. Okay. Agents that have survived, so they're tough, they're hard, they're robust. They've, they've managed to survive, and good on them. Mm-hmm. Good on all of those men and women out there that have done it hard yeah. and they keep going, haven't lost their homes, haven't lost their businesses, and understand and have adapted and cut costs accordingly. Sydney is in a completely different space. Yeah. Um, they are still living in a fantasy world. A lot of the agents <laughs> over there. Yeah. And they have an expectation that the market that they're in will never come to an end. And the difficulty and the problem that we are already starting to see is that a lot of agents that are new to the industry have never worked in a bad market or a challenged market. And we see that the adaption for those salespeople inside those businesses, rocky. No other question than rocky. Um, Mind you, that market has a lot of much larger, very sophisticated, mature businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, And those guys have got their checkbooks out and we have got a mandate from about 30 agencies at the moment to excuse the expression, but to mop up everything in sight. Yeah, right. Um, I also think that the value of rent rolls in Sydney is unrealistically high mm-hmm. and they're selling on multiples between 3.5 and 4.5, whereas in Perth they're between 2.35 and 2.75. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's a huge disparity. Yeah. So it sounds like you're... Um the agencies in Sydney are a little ahead of the times or ahead of Perth agencies in terms of their understanding of their business, but their agents are possibly going to get a rude shock if that market... Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really valid point yeah. um, because a lot of the agents there are good. They do run great businesses. They've got... They, we see clients there with a much, much greater number of big rent rolls. And when we're yeah. talking big rent rolls, we're talking north of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 plus managements. At that level, um, a rent roll is really in many cases covering all the fixed costs inside a business, so it can then adapt. Yeah. But the big challenge that even agents are going to have over there is their days on market are going to go from what they have been clearance rates at auctions from 75% yeah. down to 50%. Hey, that hurts cash flow. Mm-hmm. And I would suspect that banks in Sydney that have lent to the real estate industry are going to be watching those businesses as much very closely. Yeah, yeah. On the successful agents in Perth, mm. we mentioned them before, what, what do you think those guys are, are doing really well, the agents in particular? The salespeople or the yeah. principals? The salespeople maybe. Let's start with sales and then move up the chain. Great salespeople here have worked in horrendously difficult markets for three plus years. Mm-hmm. So those salespeople, that, and, and in most cases they're more mature in age, most mm-hmm. of them are over 35, most. Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting they're all that, but they've got strong client bases. They're working much closer with their sellers. They are exhausting the opportunities. They're using great marketing in order to attract buyers. Mm-hmm. Now, that leads into the issue of what's great marketing, what about vendor paid, all of those issues. But typically, successful, good agencies understand the process of helping the seller sell the house, mm-hmm. not telling the seller what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no point in taking on transactions in this market. And we, we liaise with a lot of great agents, and they're doing a great job, and that's what a lot of them are doing. Mm-hmm. Strong relationships, telling the sellers how it is, awesome marketing, mm-hmm. um, engagement and buy-in by the seller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so on to the principles of the business, the, the guys that are doing this really well. And yep. you've touched on it a little bit, but what do you think the standouts are that they're doing right? They know their people. They work yep. with their people and they engage their people to take 
what steps they need to do to become better at what they do. But more importantly, the best agencies that we work with here in West Australia, the principals are not selling principals. Mm-hmm. So they work on the business and they and they effectively farm out their opportunities for sales. Mm-hmm. They work on the business to make sure the business is profitable, everything's ticking along well. Mm-hmm. And we work, and these are observations of great agencies. Yeah, This is not an observation of what we tell people to do. This mm-hmm. is what great agents are doing. They're great leaders. Mm-hmm. They know what their skill set is inside their business. Typically, they have very, very good property management departments that are well run and highly profitable and not stressed. Yeah. Plus, they have typically good salespeople. Yes, the, all those businesses have had their share of churn and all those issues, but by and large, what the other part about that we also starting to see, Jess, is those agencies that are really embracing some of the technologies inside the industry mm-hmm. doing awesome well. Yeah. Yeah. What about on the flip side, those that are struggling? What do you know, what have you noticed? Okay. <laughs> typically, they have small rent rolls. Yeah. Um, they've typically got rent rolls under 200 managements, in some cases under 150. Do you think that that's an undervalued... I mean, I I feel like there's so much... Sales is the flash the flash of, of the business, but the PMs and the rent rolls are the other ones that are really the stability, aren't they? There's Jess, you've hit on the best part of the whole industry. Yeah. You take a real estate agency to any bank across Australia and try and lend against the sales department, the banks just ignore it. Yeah. Sorry, agencies who are out there, but they ignore it. Because it's relying on the individual salespeople. Whereas the recurring income that's generated from a property management department, coupled with great profit margins, the bank go, this is a great asset. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very similar to what they look like in financial planning assets, um, accounting practices. They're all bankable assets based upon the recurring revenue. So the principles that understand the benefits of getting great recurring revenue from property management, that's the saleable asset, Yeah. not the sales department. Yeah. And we've got numerous examples where we've sold real estate agencies on great multiples, which is a return on the income, on property management, but nothing on sales. Yeah, okay. Now, that is different on the East Coast, and we are starting to see a few exceptions in WA, but by and large... Um, it's difficult to get goodwill on a sales department, certainly in WA. Yeah, right. And why is it different on the East Coast? They've traditionally had that model in there for a long time. Yeah. Um, and also they've got, uh, and I think we need to convey, that doesn't happen on all of them. Mm-hmm. Where it's clearly evident the owners of the business aren't the number one salespeople and they can step out and yeah. someone steps in. And if there's a profit in that sales department, then you can assess goodwill and achieve it. It's the same in any business, I guess. It's how does it run without the founder or the director. That's right. If the processes and things are in place and it's, and it's profitable, then... Yeah. yeah. Um, probably another thing that we see, we get asked to call in and do valuations regularly and people say, well, we make so much money, we make X amount of dollars, what's our goodwill? Unfortunately, in that instance, there is no goodwill other than the rent roll because they've never demonstrated five years of consecutive profits as departmental profit centres. Mm-hmm. So those businesses that separate sales into one lot of properties, um, one lot of profit centre and then sales and property management doing the same and articulate sales and property management, both profit centres, then we can put our hands on our heart and we can adopt a fair price Mm -hmm. based upon that. And we've just recently been involved with a transaction in the Perth market whereby we were able to provide the seller an offer of 3.5 times earnings on their profit out of their rent roll, and that's very rare. Yeah. And that's a price point of around $4 million. Mm-hmm. And um, how good is that in the WA market? Yeah. And in Sydney, yes, lots of examples, but we still see too many sets of accounts where they're running on yesterday's charts of accounts, 
not the way they need to. Okay. And we, we um, diverged from my original question, which was the, the businesses that maybe aren't, that are struggling Sorry. a little bit. Yep. So you, and we started with saying they had small rent rolls. Yes. That's is right. that would that be one of the main things that you see with is there Absolutely. anything in the behavior of the principals that you know yeah that's a great question and and they're very interwined we we often see small portfolios of 150 and less um the the they can be owned by one or two salespeople. Yeah. sometimes husband and wife teams typically they're great salespeople. they've never focused on building their rent roll and treated it as an asset because it's not a quick thing to build the rent roll mm. so if you've got a rent roll of under 150 or even 200 and less with what we've had high vacancy factors low rents um those two factors combined so mm-hmm. revenues low lower yeah. if yeah. business costs aren't coming down so we see small rent rolls principals who are focused on selling and see sales as the as the be all end all mm-hmm. um they are businesses typically that we see are in strife okay Okay. Um, I wanted to touch on auctions because I, I saw an article that you recently wrote for the Real Estate Conversation mm-hmm. um, about why the Perth market has kind of favoured private trading, why they maybe shouldn't. Yep. Um, why would you recommend embracing auctions? Look, I think the market has certainly turned and there are there's a greater acceptance of auctions mm-hmm. um, and there's a greater understanding of auctions. One thing in WA, in the last five to six years particularly, we've seen not an explosion, but coming out of some great auctioneers who, who are very good at doing it, but we still see far too many salespeople that essentially don't understand the process properly. Mm-hmm. So they gloss over it with their vendor, potential vendor. They aren't giving the vendor the option of having an auction, mm-hmm. and they need to do so, yeah. simply because it is a pure, transparent method of selling. The private treaty system in West Australia is absolutely fantastic. The documentation, it's very well structured and everybody involved in that process from the Law Society, the Real Estate Institute, to the Department of Commerce, everyone's put together great documentation. In one respect, it's almost been too good and it's a lazy person's way of being able to market a home. Mm -hmm. But when your property's up for auction, it's up for a fixed period of time, it's on the market for somewhere between three to four weeks, it's got huge numbers of exposure, Buyers are forced into making a decision quickly. It's unconditional. Mm-hmm. So sellers of properties, and I still don't believe that real estate agents have been trained well enough in presenting auctions as a method of selling. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's also public perception? Because I feel like as as a seller, maybe, mm-hmm. it seems riskier almost. There's always been, yeah. there's been a perception in WA that it works in expensive areas. Yeah. If, you know, it, it, auctions only work, in inverted commas, in expensive areas. Well, that's a big load of bovine excrement <laughs> because I've been involved and seen lots of auctions at the other end of the scale. It all comes back to, I think, the perce- back to your question, sorry, mm. the perception. Yes, I think that perception's there, but I think it's changed. And a lot of that's to do with TV shows. Yeah, that's true. TV yeah. reality shows and auction shows and all of those things in the last seven or eight years are gradually changing people's perception. The funny thing about auctions in WA is that people say they cost too much. And the reality is the cost of the auction is the auctioneer's fee, yeah. which is between $500 and $1,000 typically. They can vary either side of that, but that's what they are. So the auction actually costs that. The rest of it's a bloody good marketing campaign. Yeah. And if you're committed to selling your house... Have some skin in the game. Mm. If you don't have skin in the game, how committed are you to sell your house? It's certainly not the cost of the agent to carry the cost of advertising and marketing your house. The agents don't own it. Yeah. So, you know, if sellers are serious, jump on board and be committed to the process. Mm-hmm. 
it actually will cost you $1,000 more than a great marketing campaign. Yeah. And if you don't wish to invest in a great marketing campaign, I'd like to know if you're committed to selling your house. We, before we started recording, we're chatting about um, uh, real, estate fee, real estate agents' fees yes. and, and how yes. they're dropping. Yes, they are. And so I guess it's a matter of agents selling, you know, as well as, you know, they have to get VPA and they mm. have to be able to sell their commission. Absolutely. So um, it's, it's a, you know, a challenge, I guess, that they're facing and will increasingly do so as to selling that you know, selling their services. I I recently attended a seminar in Sydney on the future of where um, one major organisation perceives both selling fees for sales properties and property management fees. Mm -hmm. Very, very scary statistics. They feel that the advent of technology um, is going to drive fees south plus changing market conditions. If fees drop a great deal more than where they're currently at, because they're marginal anyway... Um, I see that just small businesses are just going to absolutely disappear mm-hmm. because if fees come down anywhere between 5 to 10% or anything more than that, the margins in the sales office are so skinny, yeah. um, they're going to be actually behind the eight ball. And unless salespeople have got the ability to get 100% vendor paid yeah. and negotiate a fee um, north of 2%, um, their business couldn't struggle. We've seen typically, this is really scary when you break down a sales department, and I'm just using this as an example, we've seen sales departments' profit margins between minus 3 and plus 10%, and businesses don't know they're actually running at somewhere between 0 and 4%. Yeah. So why on earth would you put up with all that stress and aggravation and cost to make 4%? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So the agent of the the other good thing which is happening in the WA market and in the Sydney market is that new um, both education processes and employment conditions are meaning that I believe we're going to have less salespeople but better qualified people. Yeah. Um, and that means I think less competition is better for the consumer mm-hmm. and I think it's better for the industry. What are your thoughts on the push to um, make real estate a profession? Do you think that's going to increase the value proposition and enable agents to increase their fees? Well, I think that's a two, two-pronged question. Yeah. I think that all agents do need to be professionally trained. I mean, how on earth can you go to college for three weeks and then three weeks later being able to sell the most expensive asset the average Australian owns? To me, it's farcical. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't become an accountant after three weeks or a doctor. So you're dealing with enormous asset class and in many cases, there's great enthusiasm for people. And in, by and large, they're great people. But sometimes I think they're underqualified when they're mm-hmm. coming out. So that side of it is one issue. The other issue is, of course, there's now um, a much more stringent federal employment arrangements for salespeople. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the guidelines mean that I would suggest there'll be less people working in the industry. Does it mean they're going to be able to negotiate higher fees? That's a great question and I think that's one we need to watch. Mm-hmm. Right now, I don't think so. I think that the consumers are nowadays, the seller of a house, it's totally changed. They're actually interviewing a potential agent as to whether they can do the job as opposed to a salesperson going in there and selling their services. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, you know, that, that mindset's There's changed. There's a little bit more education on the seller side. Very much so. Yeah, yeah, and more access to information. Abs- absolutely. I mean, look at yeah. all the television shows, the media, and, and of course the internet. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so we've we've kind of touched on predictions for the future, but to wrap things up, uh, w- what are your predictions for the industry? Anything else you want to put out there? I think the next that few years? I think the industry needs to take a really good, long, hard look at itself. Yeah. And I think the people that are committed and want a long-term aspirational 
profit-focused business need to take the blinkers off. They need to start running their teams completely differently. Mm-hmm. They need to be starting to run their businesses like a company, um, like with a, with, with a board mm-hmm. to make it really good. Yeah. Um, but I also do see the smaller businesses are going to disappear and um, there'll be less agents There'll be less agencies. Mm-hmm. I think consumers are going to have a greater choice, but I think the players that are left, which there'll still be a lot of, will ultimately do a lot better. Awesome. That's uh, it from me. Anything you want to want to finish with, Mark? No, just that's it. Thank no, you very much. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for tuning into The Crunch. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. So if you'd like to share them, please email me at jess at cribcreative.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed the show and share it with anyone else you think might like it.